You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, today is the sixth and the final message in my series entitled Roots, Getting Back to Our Roots. As I was preparing this message, I thought of a story that I heard a long time ago, and I think I've, I'm sure after being here 15 years, I shared it a, a number of times with your congregation, but let's go for it again. This is man, he was doing some sightseeing and that, and he was watching the, the ocean, and, and uh, he got too near to the edge of a cliff. And he tumbled over, and as he was falling, he grabbed a branch. And he was holding on for dear life, and he was, you know, praying and saying, Lord, get me out of this, and I'll serve you the rest of my life, you know. And, and uh, so all of a sudden, he hears this voice. He says, let go of the branch and hold on to my hand. And he said, who's up there? And the voice said, I am God. And the guy thought for a minute, and then he said, is there anybody else up there? (laughs) I believe God. Amen? I believe God. We're going to be taking our, our message from Acts chapter 27, the whole chapter. And uh, it's a story of Paul after he had uh, asked to be to see Caesar. They were they were they had him under arrest, and uh, so he appealed to Caesar, and so he's on his way to Rome by ship under guard. And so this is the story. But it's a part of what takes place in the life of Christians and how God takes care of us and what happened to Paul is is an example of what happens in my life and in your life throughout the years over and over again. And uh, we need to know that the same God that protected Paul is the one that protects you and I as well. Amen? There's an old song, Faith in God, and it has very special meaning for me. It goes like this, faith in God can move a mighty mountain. Faith in God can calm a troubled sea. Faith can make a desert like a fountain. Faith can bring the victory. So have faith in God. He will answer, have faith in God. There is never a mountain so high that God cannot move. There is never a storm so raging that God cannot calm. There is never a desert too dry for God to place a spring 
a well of water there. God's word proclaims that all things are possible with God. Concerning the salvation of, us, of certain people, in Matthew chapter uh, 19, Jesus remarked that it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the disciples then asked him, who then can be saved? But Jesus gave this marvelous answer. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. There is no one outside of the grace of God. There is no one in such a situation, such a predicament, that God cannot rise them out of that situation. Concerning the healing and deliverance, in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Let's begin at verse 9 of our foundational scriptures today. Paul is stirred in his spirit, and he prophetically warns of danger and loss if they continue on this voyage. So we'll pick it up at verse 9 of Acts chapter 27, and I'm using the New Living Translation for this reading because it's a story and it goes better in our language that we understand. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was late in the fall. And Paul spoke to the ship's officer about it. Men, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. And since Fair Havens, that's the, the port that they were in, was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, and that's not Arizona, <laughs> farther up the coast of Crete and spent the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a southwest and northwest exposure. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought that they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly, and a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, and so they gave up and let it run before the gale. We sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Clauda. There, with great difficulty, we hoisted aboard the lifeboat, being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship, 
to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of Cyprus, off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow down the ship and were driven before the wind. The next day, as the gale force wind continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. And following, the following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until all hope was gone. The captain and the owner of the ship ignored Paul's warning. And for a while, it seemed that the captain and the owners made the right decision. Luke writes, a, southern, a south wind blew softly, and uh, the New King James says it that way, the south wind blew softly. It was light winds, light southerly wind. And calm, it was the calm before the storm. Anyone who's lived on the coast, as I have, in Newfoundland, we know about those calms. We know how the wind is blowing one direction, and then all of a sudden, there's a great calm, and you think it's all over. But the wise old fisherman heads for home because he knows there's about to rise a big storm. Then all of a sudden, the wind veers another direction, and before you know it, you are in a gale. Now, the storm is raging for many days. They threw the cargo out. It, they lightened the ship as much as they could. They even supported the ship with ropes. So they would put the rope around. They'd go to the front of the ship, and they, they'd put the rope down and let it go down under the ship, and they'd hold it on both sides. Then they'd bring it together, and then they would sort of like a tourniquet. You know how you do a tourniquet? You'd put a pin in the, in the rope, and you would twist it and twist it and twist it until it was really, really tight. And that would keep the ship from falling apart. And some of these ships were probably not, maybe that ship wasn't that, that new. Maybe it was getting old anyway. And so they figured that the winds could batter it to pieces. And so Luke says, with all of this going on, all hope was gone. That's, put yourself in that situation. It's not calm weather. It's not like going out for a boat ride on Coal Lake on a nice calm day. They are being really tossed about. There are none of those, uh, what do you call them, uh, stabilizers like we have on those cruise ships to make you feel like you're on dry land all the time. They were really being tossed about. Maybe you've been there. Or you find yourself in that situation this morning. The storms of life come to everyone. They come in many different situations. Broken relationships. Financial difficulties. Physical difficulties. Physical issues. In all of these, there comes a point when it's easy to give up hope. 
If you don't know the Word of God, if you don't know, if you haven't indulged yourself into the Word of God, you don't know what God will do in a time of crisis situation. Sometimes someone can say words of comfort to try to comfort you and encourage you, and it's like water on a duck's back in a time like that. The only hope is if you have a faith in God, if you know God's word and you know what God says and you believe God's word and you're standing on that word, that's where the hope comes from. In all of these, there comes a point when we lose hope. It's a matter of walking in the spirit, focusing on God's word or walking in the flesh and reverting to your own five senses. And you begin to reason things out. And to the human eye, it looks hopeless. But for the man or the woman that believes in God and believes in the promises of God, believes in his deliverance, believes in his power to heal, to set free, to satisfy to restore your marriage, to restore your finances. All of these things God can do, but you've got to believe it. I'm not saying it's one or the other, but we do need to have a balance. We use the senses that God has given us, sure we do. We use the wisdom that God has given us, sure we do. We believe in a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And that overrides my situation, every situation that I have ever faced. Paul is given a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge concerning this voyage. Now he's ready to speak for the Lord again. They didn't listen to him. Now they're ready to listen. Their ship is about to founder. They're about to sink or go ashore on a sandbar. And they're ready to listen. It's, it's an I told you so. You should have listened to me, he says. He shares a God-given clear vision, clear instruction for survival. And now they're ready to listen. And so in Acts chapter 27, verses 21 to 25, Paul says, or well, Luke says, because Luke is, is writing this. Luke wrote the book of Acts. He says, no one had eaten for a long time. And finally, Paul and the crew together called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Even though the ship will go down, for last night an angel of God stood by me, whom I belong and whom I serve. And he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, 
For I believe God, it will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. He got this message from God. You see, Paul was used to communing with God. And he knew when God speaks. He knew he wasn't dreaming. He had a word from the Lord. And because of that, he said, I believe God. We're not going to die. We're going to get to shore safely. Not one of you will be lost. Paul prophesies that God, what God has revealed to him, shipwreck without loss of life. And I proclaim to you today that I believe God to do just as he says in his word he will do. Amen? So I believe God, number one, because his word is true. You've got to settle that in your, your heart, folks. The Bible don't just contain the words of God. If you say the Bible contains the words of God, you're going to come to the conclusion that all liberal-minded people think. There's only parts of the Bible that are applicable for us today. Only parts of the Bible is God's Word. But God's Word is true. It's God's Word from cover to cover. You and I have heard from God by His Word. It's packed with promises. Are you going through a difficult time? Listen to what the Bible says for those of you that are going through deep waters today. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Do you notice something in this? God says, you'll have times when you're going to walk through deep waters. There will be times when you will go through rivers. There will be times when you will be faced with fiery trials. But the thing is, God says, through it all, I will be with you. Anyone that tells you that being a born-again Christian makes life much easier, that you won't have any problems, you won't have any troubles, they're lying to you. Christians go through the same things that everyone else go through. But we've got God on our side. He said, I'll be with you in the fire. I'll be with you in the flood. I'll be with you in the river. Wherever you are, whatever situation you are in, trust me, I'll be there for you. 
Psalm 34, verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. I believe that. I believe God's word. I trust that. I am sure that I have escaped a lot of things because I believe God. And I'm going to continue to believe. I would be crazy not to stop believing him now. Though, Like the old song says, I've, I've gone too far on my journey to turn back now. Amen? It's, it's God's instruction manual. The Bible is God's instruction manual. It's to us, to, from cover to cover. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. The children of Israel says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have great success. That's a promise, folks. Now, a lot of times when we're thinking about prosperous and success, we're thinking about money. But if you are sick, it doesn't matter if you've got a billion dollars. Not, it's not very prosperous for you then, is it? If your marriage is breaking up, all the money in Fort, all the gold in Fort Knox, if there's any left, is no good to you. You want the hand of Jesus intervening in your relationship, causing love to flow again into your own heart and into your spouse's heart. So there can be restoration. Why wouldn't a person want to use God's word as a manual for life? Psalm 19, verses 1 to 7, let me read it to you. Uh, verses 7 to 11. That's my dyslexic numbering coming in again. Psalm 19, verse 7 to 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yes, much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them, there is great reward. There's nothing like the word of God to be your guide and manual in life. His word strengthens your faith. It calms your fears. It gives confidence, even in crisis situations. And that's one of the reasons why I believe God. Because his word is true. Secondly, I believe God because he knows the future. I don't know about tomorrow. I don't seem to understand. 
but I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. I need more than human wisdom. And so the Holy Spirit gives me a word of wisdom when I need it. I need more than human knowledge. And the Holy Spirit gives me a word of knowledge when I need it. Isn't that awesome? You can just pray a simple prayer to God. Say, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand this. I need, I need your help. I need wisdom. I need knowledge. And he pours it into your heart. You get that revelation, that fresh revelation from the Lord. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. Yeah, and the, that song that says, I don't know about tomorrow, it may bring me poverty. But the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. And the path that be my portion may be through the flame or flood. But his presence goes before me, and I'm covered with his blood. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Folks, when you get to that point in your spiritual walk with God, that you can trust him like that, you're on the right track. Amen? And that's not for a special few. That's for the man who's been serving God for 50, 60 years. And it's for the person who just became a born-again believer this week. It's for everyone. And the more you trust him, the more he will be with you and help you. Job says in Job chapter 23, 10, he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as go. Psalm 34, 15 says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ear is attentive to their cry. He's just waiting for me to call upon him to say, Lord, I need you. He's the God who knows. He's the God who sees. He's the ever-present one. He provides for our every need. He's our all-powerful God. And even the Bible says when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He had me in mind when I was conceived in my mother's womb, he had me in mind. And being all-knowing and all-powerful, he saw me today in 2017 speaking for him to a group of people in Coal Lake, Alberta. That's how powerful and awesome our God is. I believe God. I believe God because I know him. And when you know somebody, 
It's different, altogether different than knowing about them. You may know their name, you may know where they live, you may have their address, you may have their phone number. There are people in this assembly that I know you by name, I know you by face. But we've never sat down in all the 15 years that I've been here, we've never sat down for a meal together. And so although you may know something about me, you don't really know me. It's only people that spend time with me get to know the real Hayward. And that's the way it is with God, folks. A lot of people say, I know him. What they mean is, I know about him. They don't have a personal, intimate relationship with him. And that's very important. I believe God because I know him. I've proven him true to his word and experienced his miracle working power over and over and over again. He has saved my soul. He has healed my body a number of times from a number of different situations. He has provided for me and my family both physically and financially as well as spiritually. He has directed and continues to direct my life. I would be the biggest fool on earth to try to pastor a congregation of this size without going to God on a daily basis and asking him for, for, for wisdom, for direction, so that I can hear his voice speaking to me. I have been born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, forgiven, adopted into the family of God, and I'm, the Bible tells me I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That's who I am. And if you're born again, that's who you are. It doesn't have a time limit on it. It doesn't say you've got to be saved for five years before this kicks in. It's an assurance policy, folks. It's not insurance. God assures you and I that the moment we say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, we are apart, we're adopted into the family of God, and all the rights and privileges of being a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is mine, is yours. Saving and his keeping grace is mine. Freedom is mine. Healing is mine. And victory is mine. God promises to bless his children. And I believe his promises. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, All the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen. To the glory of God. Amen? Praise the Lord. I believe that. So, in conclusion, 
You always like to hear that one, don't you? <laughs> About midnight, okay, Acts chapter 27, verse 27 to 44. Let's go for it. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm, as we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors sensed that land was near. They dropped their weighted line and found the water was 120 feet deep. But a little later, they measured again and found it was 90 feet, only 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were afraid they were soon going to be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as if they were going to put an anchor out from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and to the soldiers, you will all die unless you stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to, to the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. He said, you've been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your head will perish. Then he took some bread and gave thanks to God before them all and broke off a piece of it and ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. All 276 of us who were on board, and after eating, the crew lighted the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a, at a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut off the anchors and left them in the sea. Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, and hit it towards shore. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure that they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. And then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land, and the others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship so everyone escaped safely to shore. Just as God said. Just as Paul said God said he would do. The crew was conspiring to abandon the ship in the lifeboat. And Paul said, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. Do you see how important it is to follow the word of the Lord. Their life depended on obeying the word of the Lord. Obedience is key to receiving the promises, folks. Obedience is key. The ship finally runs aground. All 276 people make it to shore safely, just as Paul said. You can trust God to move in every situation of life as you walk in obedience. He wants to be involved in every area of your life. 
every area, nothing left out, everything, at home, when you travel, at work, at play, when you're on vacation. He wants to be involved in it all. Amen? Our God is a very personal God. He's a personal Savior. He loves me. He loves you. He never changes. He's still working miracles and answering prayer today. Nothing has changed. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He'll always be the same. He's still giving his angels charge over you to protect you, his children. The book of Acts is still a reality in his church today. Amen? The acts of the Holy Spirit is still in action today. And this is where the church was born. This is our roots. And we should still be experiencing this kind of a life in our Christian walk. The word is out that God is about to move in this area, in the Coal Lake area, in the Lakeland area, in a wonderful way. Okay? I don't know if you're hearing this. But the word is out, folks. It's not a secret. The word is out. God is moving by his spirit. He's stirring the hearts of people. Those of us who are, whose hearts were dull and cold and our ears were, were heavy of hearing, all of these things, we were a bunch of dry bones. We've all of a sudden come to life. Why do you think that is? It's the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is working upon us, preparing us. Whatever God has promised, He is able to perform because the power of God is just the same today. Amen? Do you believe that? Stand with me, will you please? Amen. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you today, Lord, that with the promises of your word are true, Lord, and we believe your promises. And Lord, the more we believe God, the more we stand upon your word, the more we search your word for the truth, the more you're going to pour into our hearts, the more successful we're going to be as husbands, as, as fathers, Lord, the more successful we're going to be as employers and employees. Lord, we want to thank you, Lord, that you have the answer between the pages of your word, Lord, to help us to exceed, Lord, of anything that we could ever imagine or think. And so, Lord, help us in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to trust in your word. Help us not to, to uh, default, Lord, uh, to the ways of the world. Help us not to default to our own understanding. But in all of our ways, help us to acknowledge you because you have promised to direct our paths. We ask these blessings in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 I don't know, do anyone know what time the pizzas are going to arrive? What? 11.45. Well, praise the Lord. We got time to do business with God, don't we? Amen? So, those who come around for prayer, those who, the prayer warriors, come and stand. We're going to pray with you. We're going to believe with you. 
you need Jesus as your Savior today, you just let somebody know, and they'll lead you to Christ. Amen? You need healing in your body, let somebody know, they'll agree with you, and you'll be healed. Whatever you need today, whatever your need is, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we're not going anywhere. We've got to wait for the pizza. And the business meeting has come up after that. So this is a wonderful morning to receive from God. What's God saying to you? What's God speaking into your heart? Let him touch your heart today. Amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church place where families connect.